Hello, and welcome back to Grand Craft Beer, Bend, Oregon's premier beer podcast. My name is Brian Yeager, and today we are here with Darren from Oblivion. Uh, Oblivion just celebrated its 10th anniversary. Congratulations. Well, thank you. It's a milestone uh, for us. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, before we get to what the 10th anniversary looked like, tell us a bit about what Oblivion looked like 10 years ago. Whoa. It was a while ago, but it went by fast. It was a, it was a good ride. Um, just we started out in uh, 2013. The beginning of the boom, per, as it were. Yeah, yeah. We were the 13th brewery in Central Oregon. Um, just, uh, you know, I have a history of brewing and and just uh, – being a chemistry background in college and, and moving up here, kind of just uh, moved up here in 95, 94, 95. And, um, and tell us a bit about some of the other breweries. I believe, were they all in California? Slow Brew. A slow, yes, yeah, so Central California Coast. Walker. Uh, worked for a little bit at Anderson Valley. Is Slow Brew not its own separate thing. I know they bought Cali Squeeze, the orange I'm not wheat sure beer. About that, I I think they're called like Big Time Brewing. Oh, interesting. That, but I think they're still a, a franchiser or something off of Firestone Walker. I, I used to I used to go to Slow for concerts. I mean, obviously for beer too. But yeah, I mean, I just happened to have been 21 at that time, uh, living around there and. Loved going there. Always had good shows, good young yeah. crowd, hip yeah, crowd. Yeah, well, I was in in college. I just had the opportunity to um, step in and and start brewing there. Um, I did some bottling, uh, Garden Alley Amber, uh, Brickhouse Pale, Cole Porter. Those were all my recipes. The first uh, slow brew bottles that came out. And what was the impetus for moving from San Luis Obispo to Bend, and maybe oh. other points in between? Well, I've <laughs> Traveled north, um, was in uh, southern Oregon for a little bit, and uh, I would come up here to snowboard and, of course, to drink. Uh, the first time I had the 90, 1991 Jubal Ale at Deschutes, I was up here right on snowboarding, and I was just like, wow, there's this is great. This town has a lot of opportunity. It is amazing to think that without Bachelor, Ben might have a brewery population of like two. <laughs> but uh, obviously, yeah. with it, that's well, how I we get to close that, to there 30. There was just no, there was no lines at the mountain. Um, there was no only fast a, pass. <laughs> There's only a few bars around that you know, just downtown area. Uh, I think like the M and J and the D and D and Deschutes Brewery, of course. But um, well, one of them I remember when, and, and again, I'm not. I don't want to jump ahead in our conversation, but we are looking at the early years of oblivion you had a a tasting room a tap room right on galveston it oh, happens yeah, to be yeah. where that was, um, sun river's brewing yeah, west sun side river's pub is yeah. that was about i think maybe 2016 15 16 something like that um but it was yeah. a great apre yeah, it was ski unfortunate destination we, um, were you always were you ever brewing there or no, were you always brewing no. at your yeah, brewer's always district at the same facility yeah it was an unfortunate thing where um, I just had a uh, operating agreement with the people that were running the restaurant, mm-hmm. and um, obviously the restaurant was struggling. And um, you know, it was good for me because it <laughs> increased my uh, 
you know, increase my production right. a lot to have a, a outlet like that. Um, but yeah, this, the kitchen, they, they, the restaurant couldn't put it together. And a lot of people thought that after that, that, uh, oblivion wasn't going to be around anymore, but that it had gone into oblivion as it were. Yeah. Where'd the name come from, by the way? I've always, oh, I've never right. asked you this, but I've wondered. Uh, just, it, it's from being up, um, at Cultus Lake and we were, um, just by the campfire talking, you know, cause I was trying to come up with names that, to start a brewery and we were, uh, Essentially, we were drinking ourselves into oblivion. There you go. <laughs> and uh, I was bringing, you know, I was still brewing. I had, I had a nice ses- setup at home. And um, so I was always bringing kegs of beer up there and camping and stuff. And that's where, yeah, that's where the name kind of came from. And are any of those homebrew recipes that you used to do, again, just for oh, yourself, yeah. for yeah. friends, yeah. which of those are still part of oblivion's lineup? Like what, and well, the, and what are your best selling beers at the uh, moment? Well, the Polar Star Pale was was one of my first pale ales that I did outside of the my my garage that I was brewing in. You know, kind of keep. I was just keeping my keeping sharp. You know, practicing, just experimenting still because I knew eventually I'd have my own brewery. Um, not. I mean, I've made some adjustments to all the recipes, of course, and uh, fine tuned them. I feel like Oblivion Blonde might be the one that I see out yeah, the most. Is that best your bestseller? Best okay, yeah, it is. wonder, it is. figure. Um, it was the first beer that we canned, um, and yeah, it was funny because my partners were like, "We well, need to make a blonde," and I was like, "Ah, I don't really care for that style of beer." Hmm. But so I made one, and then it turned into our bestseller. So, well, I mean, you know, if you think ironic. about it, <laughs> like we were talking about Slow and Firestone Walker. Uh, it's not branded as a Firestone beer, but their far and away bestseller is their 805 Blonde Ale. Yeah. So even though we are in the IPA era, I think there's, that's just is proof positive that there's a lot of people who want a really clean, crisp, light beer. Yeah. So yeah. it we, must be great to be the one making the one that so many people are reaching for. It is. It's it's our top seller in, on draft, too. And um, we're... Uh, yeah, we're we've been doing uh, some contract brewing with that beer, actually some bigger volumes, so we can do the packaging more and and actually not tie up our tanks, you know, with the, our best producer beer. And you brought in a four pack of your new ISA, your new India yeah. Session Ale. Yeah, that's called the Cult of Sunset, and that's uh, my first sixteen ounce canning. Uh, that's what I was yeah. going to ask. Right. Yeah. So, are you moving from twelve ounce six packs into? four packs of 16 ounce beers or uh, will you have both well it's a good question um <laughs> the i think the tall cans kind of have more of a presence um the four packs they do yeah certainly yeah so and it's i'm old school i still the, like being able to drink a mere 12 ounces and if i want a second i'm much more prone to reach for two at home if they're 12 ounce cans i rarely and this is just me I rarely will drink two full pints yeah. at home. I think you'll see our 10-year anniversary IPA uh, in the tall cans coming out pretty soon. Now, speaking of IPAs, here we are, the tail end of August. Uh, this will be early September by the time this reaches the air or whatever podcasts, you know, whatever element they're said to be in. Are you making a freshie? 
You have a fresh hot beer in the works. I am. Yeah, that'll be brewed next week. All right. Yeah. What what hop are you using, and where is it, and where are they grown? Those are that's going to be a, a Citra and Cascade hops, and that's going to be we're picking those up on Monday from Willamette Valley Hops. Excellent. Do you, is that like one of your favorite brew days? Well, one of your no, or, or is it is the, hated the because hops came a little late? Um, the, the, the citrus came a little late this year, um, and the cascades, I guess, but, um, no, I think, uh, it, I'm going to do just a, uh, like a pale ale, fresh hot pale with those two hops. Now, also, I know we have, there's something really big that we were about to get to, but because we're talking about that beer and that season, uh, I hope that this hits before September 9th. Excellent, uh, because that is the day that uh, we're doing the Rattler Fest That's in the right. Brewers District. Yeah. Yeah. Five breweries, obviously, Oblivion, yeah. and then as well as your neighbors, Van Henian, Bridge 99, Craft, and Ten Barrels East Side. Have you given much thought to the Rattler that you were going to prepare yeah, for that's Bicyclist be, that day? Uh, of course, my blonde. Excellent. And then I'm doing a blend of organic grapefruit and lemon Juices. Cannot go wrong. Citrus yeah. is always be the about winner. Three point two percent is where my I'm going to be working on that uh, beginning of next week as well. So here I am, the same guy who said I rarely will drink two cans, two pint cans at home, but I cannot wait to tackle the trail and hit all five because five yeah. pints of three point two percent beer. Yeah, and that's, that's going to be um, I'm pre blending that one. So that it, I'm not just oh, dude, little batching. Okay, it's gonna already be re. I, I'm still calculating some stuff right now, but excellent. Um, it's gonna be. I, I'm pretty excited about it. Well, uh, that is a one day event. Let's talk about your big, bigger news going on. Uh, why I wanted to invite you in uh, this past weekend. You celebrated your decade in business, your tenth anniversary, and you had a big tap takeover at River Rivers Place. Rivers Place yeah, um, but right. I don't know, near there, but certainly out on the east side. What is going on with Oblivion? I, I know some people have heard about this. I don't think it's really broken. What What's going on uh, as far as a new east side presence for you? Oh, yeah, we're um, we're in the, in the process of merging with uh, a restaurant already established out uh, south of town, southeast. Um, and are we saying the name of it, or are we just referring it to well, like what's sure. the name going to be? It's going to be the Oblivion Poorhouse. All which right, is the Poorhouse Grill. Um, we'll be merging with them. It's already in transition. Um, we'll soon to have ten beers on tap there, probably by the end of the year. So you're moving from the Brewers District to the the Farm District. Well, we'll still be operating our <laughs> of course tap, our Good. tasting room will still operate Fridays and Saturdays. So people on the north end of Ben could go right to the production brewery with the tap room, yeah. and residents and anyone else. Yeah, that's is welcome just to limited hours. South um, end, like three to seven. Maybe Saturday will be noon to seven. We haven't decided. We'll see. Um, going into winter, I mean, things slow down and stuff like. It'll that. be a good yeah. way to transition, sort of build that audience. Uh, yeah. How many beers will Oblivion have on tap at the Oblivion Poorhouse? My goal is to have 10. And do you already have 10? There's seven on right now. Do and we're offering up, we'll be offering up some deals uh, for uh, NFL football games. We're going to have dollar off pints and um, we'll have some specials and uh, you know, beer 
food pairing, stuff like that. And again, so thinking about this, it's early September. Do you have a firm date set for the grand opening or is it going to be hopefully by the end of September or definitely by the middle of October? I think middle to end of October we should okay. have everything in place. Um, we're just uh, doing a little remodeling. We're working, uh, uh, streamlining the draft systems a little better, um, kind of just tightening things up a little. And how did that come about? Did you approach the poorhouse? Did they approach you? And what I'm really interested in is that is still a part of town that is quite underserved. I look at the new Cascade Lakes pub that opened, yeah. that just opened on mm-hmm. Southeast Reed Market. Uh, obviously, Worthy has been out on the east side their entire existence. But it's very shocking to me that we have these really great dense pockets. Downtown has a lot of breweries. Obviously, the Brewers District, where you are, uh, yeah. five breweries that operate tap rooms, and then three more that produce their beer there but aren't generally open to the public. Uh, maybe on Zwicklemania, because, of course, I'm talking about Crux Fermentation, Ben Brewing, and Monkless. Uh, what? How, how did you oh, pick yeah, this, I mean, this I, new location? Um, the owner Chip Simmons. He's he's been uh, good. He's always uh, carried our beers, um, and it's just kind of evolved. We've always talked about it and throwing ideas around, and um, it's finally came about. And um, I think that that location and and that like that side of town, southeast. Um, there's no brew pubs in that area. Amazing. Um, and it's growing. There, the population and the people are, a lot of people are moving into that area. I think I've heard that's the fastest growing part of town at it that. It could be. Yeah. So I think, and so, that also it's your, it would be your first brewery coming up the 97 from south. Exactly. Um, like I said, we're working on some signage. You'll be able to see it from the highway. That's um, people, key. Yep. And so... Um, yeah, we're happy, or I'm, ha- you know, all of us are happy to have this opportunity to get, um, just to have a better, you know, better establishment for people to come and eat and drink, and not just come into our pub and have a couple of pints, and and then they they're hungry, so they want to go eat, but now we can have a full service. So now, before we started recording, uh, we just happened to be talking about uh, the current issue of the source that just hit streets yesterday. Uh, I've got a, a story in there that is. Me going around to the 10 Bend breweries that have a kitchen and that whose kitchen sells a bur- makes and sells a burger. Uh-huh. So the Oblivion Poorhouse will have that. Oh, they have like I think probably six different burgers. Six, okay. At least. And they got we have pizza, we just re- revamping the menu. Um, uh, pizza, we got like six or seven different mac and cheeses. Um, Tons of appetizer salads. Um, I think their food there is really good. So I think to have uh, an establishment that you know already has good food can the good beer and good food be a good combination. And it has all obviously always had a good beer lineup, but I like that it will be really focused on your brewery and really being a, a public facing public house yeah. for Oblivion. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I am always thinking about, and that is the other article that I have in the beer issue of the source that's out now, is uh, 
I kind of called it State of the Brun- State of the Brunian. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't I know think I that that was going to. I, <laughs> I threw that out there, and I did not realize that was going to end up being the title. But it really looks at you know where the industry has come. So in just in your ten short slash long years, I'm sure some days it feels like it's gone by in a blink. Other days it feels like how could it only be one decade? Yeah. You must well, have been at this for fifty of them. It's uh, there's been some hard knocks along the way you know, uh, with the pandemic and uh, which really, you know, shifted a lot of breweries into packaging, canning, especially. Um, and it, we've always wanted to can. So it was a good, a, the, the right time, I guess, to do that. And um, we have six flavors in cans now out there. Seven, including the new release. Um, the new ISA, yeah. Cultus. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, what are some of the other things that, you know, you, Again, now you're a veteran, right? You've got a full, you have the Oblivion X hat on your your 10-year anniversary. What are some of the things that you think breweries need to have today that you could have gotten away without a decade ago as far as food or ambiance or beer styles? What are some things that you just need today that weren't really part of the, the industry or the, the business plans back then well i mean i think that the first thing is to have a, a consistent product that customers are familiar with that when they buy your six pack or they pour it you get a pint you know what you're getting it's not it's not going to be a fluctuating product where you're like oh that doesn't taste like the last one i had or something like that this because it's there's so much competition that you know when people start liking something and then you it changes, they kind of veer away from that. There's, it's always there's a lot of choices out there. So. Yeah, and there, there, it's odd because there are many breweries that actually have the opposite model. It's every week we're going to put out a new four-pack yeah, of a double exhausting. dry hop hazy, right, yeah. or something of that nature. Yeah. And they almost n- – no one ever tries the same beer twice from those breweries. Right. Yeah, there is I, no consistency we, if you can't find it again. Yeah, we're gonna we got some one-offs that happen once in a while, um, but they rarely will leave the tasting room, or this some special accounts. Um, and Do you we still, like? Is that fun for you? Does that sort of is that like a fun? Yeah, yeah, I enjoy creating new beers. Okay, um, and the one thing for us is we're still um, independent, truly independent in distribution-wise. Um, we don't have to take that, uh, you know, the markup that distributors. You right, know, it cuts into our margins, our profit margins. Not everyone knows this, but when you yeah. go to a beer store, whether it's a convenience store, supermarket, something like Broken Top, the price that you're paying as the customer includes yeah. that generally thirty yeah. percent markup that the distributor gets. Yeah. Uh, are you? Is there anywhere where you do work with a distributor or you self-distribute We have. Everywhere? We've had distri- distribution in Portland and in Southern Oregon. Um, and are you outside of Oregon at all? Are you in no, Washington? No, we were in Washington pre-pandemic. Got it. Um, we were breaking into Washington. It was doing pretty well for us. Um, before pandemic, we were selling more beer in Portland than in combined in the whole entire state. I feel like almost every Ben Brewery that does distribute to Portland, which is most of them, either through a yeah. distributor or self-distribution, has said that. And that makes sense. They have the population. Yeah. Um, what is Oblivion's end of 2023 barrel production looking like? Or 
if you don't know so what that will be, what were you at the end of 22? We're about 100 to 100. It depends. Um, it fluctuates, but we're about 100 to 140 barrels a month right now. So we're, we're, we could possibly hit 1,800 barrels, maybe 2,000. And I would imagine you're hoping, if not expecting, that the Oblivion Poorhouse will bring that to oh, yeah. closer yeah, to it 200. Could, it could possibly increase production by you know, a good third or more. Yeah. Yeah. The key is just... And we just, because we deliver directly mm-hmm. and you get, I think that we're putting out, you know, a fresher product. It's not, you know, that it's going directly from our, from our brew pub right to, or from the brewery to the, you know, to the clients and restaurants. And, and do you happen to live closer to the upcoming Oblivion Poorhouse or... Actually, near your. I'm kind of in the middle. In the middle. Yeah, I'm a, a little closer to the poorhouse. I'm out by out east, kind of by the dumps. And stuff. Do you ever find yourself either through friendship, curiosity, convenience, whatever? Like, what are some of the other breweries that you hit, uh, and do you go to them for beer or beer and food? Um, I'm over at Van Hennion quite a bit because I can spot. walk there. Right, I'll, like a, I. I'll from from, from some, your production yeah, facility, yeah, yeah, and then I I like their I like all their beers, their light beers, or their Kolsch is really good. Um, we have that on at our at our pub now too. So we're excellent. Gonna, we're well, you keep... say they're light beers. I mean, yeah, they do obviously brew a few IPAs, and I think they made a double. But in general, I think that's what everyone does love about them is that they're brewing those super classic, true to style Germanic beers. That are yeah, they're clean. They're you know, easy and not drinking. like Doppelbox, you yeah. know, an icebox. But yeah, the the clean, easy drinking kind. Yeah, the, even I, the Schwartz beer. Which, I'll go to uh, I'll go down to Craft sometimes because it's right down the street too. And then they're you know they they got good food, and such good, good food. And, I it's uh, actually a shame that you know it is a brewery, but I wish more people knew that the second word right, Craft Kitchen and Brewery. Yeah, that barbecue there is delicious. Yeah, they they do a good job. For sure, and especially and I think the, the food, food and beer are necessary. I think. Yeah, right. I mean, Bridge ninety nine has pizza. They have some food trucks. Yeah. Ten Barrel obviously has the the full restaurant, um, but none of them are really focusing on on barbecue like like Kraft does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They got some good stuff. Do good will you have any input on the food menu at the poorhouse? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, what? What's your favorite? Per, you know, pick well, your favorite. I like pizza a lot. I'm kind of who does a junkie, but um, I like their macs really good too. They they got like a veggie mac, salmon smoked salmon mac, um, just all kinds. Of, the menu's been revamped, and they have really good salads. I always get like a, uh, you can get you know like a Caesar salad with this with the grilled piece of salmon. It's really good. Um, they got lots of appetizers. So Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm praying right now that within a year from now, I forget to follow up on doing the burger and beer thing and doing like a pizza and beer one. That would just yeah. be very yeah, they detrimental have, they, they to have me. Like it would be great for meat. everyone they else. They have like <laughs> wings and you know, ribs and all kinds of stuff. Speaking Prime of rib. I read this uh, great article in the source about a, a pub that has some some great wings. 
that, uh, you know, I, I don't think of Bend as a wing town per se, but you you kind of have to know where to go because <laughs> not all of them are great. Some yeah. of them are fantastic. Some of them are not. I know we're supposed to be getting, uh, did you hear that a year ago, what's the the brewery out of Portland? Fire on the Mountain. Had oh, you yeah. heard that they announced they were coming Buffalo to Bend? Wild Wings, right? Isn't I mean, isn't it, right. It's they, they kind of partnered up with them or something. Or? I don't know. Oh, maybe. All yeah, I like heard the franchise. I did the not Buffalo realize Wild that it was a partnership with I that think other they chain. May have, I, don't quote me on that. Got it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I not just positive. heard. That's yeah. why we have to have these discussions have to see some, like what's I going on, some, what's coming uh, out. I have some friends in in Portland that um, they actually work for the Buffalo Wild Wings. Got it. And I. Pretty sure that they're that's Maybe. where that's what happened, and then they're, they're gonna branch out. I'm gonna, that. I'm gonna try to reach but out don't, and find out. Don't, right? I'm not quoting you, yeah. No, if it doesn't happen, Darren's not the one, no one's shooting this messenger or the rumor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what let, let's kind of wrap this up. You, we, we've discussed where you came from, uh, some, some pivots along the way uh, obviously with very external uh elements no one no one could have expected such a detrimental pandemic to really give our industry and so and every industry such a huge hit but hoping that was a one off hoping that was the one time in our lifetime <laughs> that that we see that uh what do you think some of the hurdles are to get to oblivion's 20th and where do you think you will be when, obviously, I'm not saying you're not welcome back for another 10 years. Of course you are. <laughs> but when we have you back for the, you know, whatever, 5,000th yeah, episode I, of Grand Craft Beer. I it's think it's XX uh, anniversary. just growth. Um, not growing too fast. Don't. Don't overstep your growth because then you can, you know, if the, if it's not there and you're expecting it. And and then you could you know financially have some problems there for sure. Well, I'm curious. You, like you mentioned, your partners, Oblivion is how many people? How many people? There's between, three of us, and three. Are you three I owners? I am majority of it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but are you the, also then the sole brewer? Do you have a, a brew crew? Um. Yeah. I I have a couple assistant okay. brewers that help. Um. And then my some of my partners. One of them, he he does. Uh, most of the sales, um, he's travels, you know, he's in Portland twice a month. He's in Southern Oregon twice a month. So he's, he's really on the road every week getting stuff done. I know people used to say, if you're not growing, you're dying, but I feel like the pandemic really put an interesting spotlight on that idea and what growth itself looks like. I mean, I think it used to be, you just had to increase your production. If you were doing 140 barrels this year, you need to be doing 180. You have to be doing 220 the following year. You have to yeah. grow. Well, I think with the increasing prices of everything, you know, your your grain costs, your hop, all your ingredients costs are, are up as well. So you have to compensate for that. Right. But also even just having a, a great new restaurant, oh, that yeah. is what growth yeah. can yeah, that's, be. Yeah, that's helpful for sure. And okay. maybe there'll be people get to know your poor your houses across better. Oregon in 10 years from now. <laughs> That would be cool. There we go. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Darren, so much for coming in. Great yeah, getting to me. talk to you. And I can't wait yeah. to go uh, try that new Cultus ISA. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm still the guy who we're, we'll likes be, uh, I, we'll session be ideas. That for probably probably another month before we run out of that one. So right. I think we're still on. up for some warm weather coming. You know, we'll have we'll have our late summer like we always do. Warm, but hopefully not as smoky. Right. Yeah. We gotta we gotta keep a handle on those fires. Well, that will be a, a podcast in the future talking about uh upcoming <laughs> different different smokes smoked beer right you are no no well, i remember you mentioning something about you are on the hook for that are you not or did I you be. i could be okay you have you have six if i weeks. get some if i harvest some really smoky fresh hops oh we'll no a, no we do not want that <laughs> a smoked fresh hop beer. smoked malt or people have done other <laughs> yeah. ingredients like smoked peaches yeah and smoked I, I could other things. Uh, yeah i think smoked uh, honey that's even. something we could you know, do a one-off and have it on draft at the pub for sure. All right, you're on the hook. All right, but we'll we'll talk about different smokes uh, on a different podcast again. This has been Grand Craft Beer, Darren. Thank you so much for coming in, and we will talk to you next time. All right, cheers.